Hello, my name is Jill and welcome to my show. This is an opportunity for those that are either currently aware of my work or new to my work to experience a mini reading and get to listen and, and watch what happens in other people's readings. Um, I do share this publicly so that it does become um, an opportunity for others to see another way that a psychic intuitive can work that is very honoring and encouraging of your sovereignty, your authority, um, and is very expansive and expanding consciousness versus very limiting, like, let me tell you where you should live <laughs> types of approaches um, that unfortunately a lot of readers and psychics do, which it doesn't need to be done that way, but that's the way they were taught. And that is the traditional way from um, 20th century spirituality, but we do 21st century enlightenment, <laughs> which is very different and much more freeing, much more honest, much more intellectually honest. And it works a lot better, especially with the way the world goes, feels crazy. <laughs> a lot of times we're not pretending it isn't. And we're not pretending that it's about to get orderly because it's not FYI. <laughs> anyway, it's a different experience. Let's all just take a couple nice deep breaths together, please. I encourage you to close your eyes and put a smile on your face as you take some nice deep breaths here. And notice that especially with your eyes closed, it just feels quieter inside yourself. The mind even takes kind of another, uh, another essence, another gear, puts itself in another gear when your eyes are closed. Again here, nice deep breath. Very good. While you're still breathing, I encourage you to imagine that there are things outside of your energy field, which is a ball of energy. So outside of the ball of your energy field, there are things that are new. There are things that are helpful. There are things that are supportive. And there are things that may be contradictory to what, how you currently think. And if it's helpful, it might be worthy of reconsidering how you think about things. It may be worth it to reorient your belief systems to something that's more readily helps you more readily access your best you, your transcendent you. Okay, good job. My cat, I hear my cat. <laughs> I can't tell if Smokey's meowing from outside my window or behind that door. <laughs> but if he comes in, he's just gonna want out again. So I'm gonna leave him out. Sorry, Smokey, next time. Anyway, you can open your eyes if you haven't already and wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, reminding your consciousness that you're all the way in the bodysuit. Some people that get excited about metaphysical and transcendence of things, they tend to climb up in their energy field where they're not fully embodied in their bodysuit and they lose their keys all the time and they can't keep track of their calendar and they're always late. They lose money. <laughs> it's just like, it's good to be all the way in your bodysuit. Okay, very good. Even if it's uncomfortable, but anyway, your body suit's safe, at least right here, right now. I love you, Smokey. I think he's outside the window. Okay, let's do, and I'm not going to go in any particular order, but I did notice that Jamie's hand was up first. So Jamie, I'm going to come and call on you. Um, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, please. Or I can unmute you too. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. 
What question or mini reading? What did you want to do today? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'd love a mini reading. And uh, I guess it, uh, I do have a specific question um, that uh, would be helpful to get your insight on. Okay. So, and, and I've had readings from you before. So you may kind of remember my background a little bit, although it's been a while. But um, I've been working on getting my business off the ground for a little while. And however, I have a husband and a son who, um, a young adult son who, who's on the autism spectrum and a husband who is not in the best of health. Mm -hmm. And it seems like whenever I start to get going, uh, something happens where they require a lot more of my support. So I always feel kind of torn. I want to be there to help them out. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I oftentimes put my own needs and wants on the back burner. And um, that is the situation right now. And I'm just wondering if there's a reason for this pattern. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I, I think you know this about me. I'm not a fan of big, like, oh, there's a cosmic reason for everything. Cause I, number one, I don't think that's true. And I don't also don't think it's helpful. So I'm not I'm not looking for, and I don't, I don't, I don't sense, I'm not being shown any sort of cosmic reason of, oh, you're not supposed to do this business or anything like that. But the advice I have in this case is that number one, big hugs, because that's a, that is a lot, a husband in poor health, a son that's on the spectrum. And I can't remember how old is your son? Is he in his 20s? He just turned 27. Okay. That's right. Okay. Um, there, that is a lot. And you're, you're wanting, your heart is like leading you into creating something where you can uh, share more of you with the world that's beyond these other uh, family roles that you have. And I just want to give you a big hug and encourage you that that's so beautiful. Um, okay, so this, from what, from what I'm being shown, it may seem like just when you get started, you know, they're, they have a need that that's more important. I don't feel like that timing is as uh, correlated as it feels. There are times that I'm sensing that you are making progress and there's not those interruptions. So maybe that's a little bit helpful that <laughs> yeah, it's not like just when you get started, it's like, oh, there they are again, you know? Yeah. Um, but boundaries, I feel that there is a uh, really loving encouragement for you to be clear with them about, and it's not like, especially with the health problem with your husband, like he can control when he needs you. But if you do say, Hey, I'm going to be working from 12 to 2 PM today, or I've got this I'm working on, I've got, you know, this project I've set for myself and I've set myself a goal that by 3 PM on Sunday, it's going to be done. You may be very pleasantly surprised by how, uh, how their emergencies can wait because they're used to you being there for them um, in a, in a, you know, without any distractions and without having something else that you're, that you want to be doing. Um, so it is new for them, but the more clear you can be about when you're working and, and those sorts of things, it will help them. I feel like they want to respect your space and want to respect your time and don't like, I feel like they don't on all levels of themselves, like they don't want to get in the way of this project and that they're excited for you. Now, Jamie, are you seeing that side of what I'm seeing? Yes, I, I think that's true. And, and okay. I, I do set boundaries, but I think okay. that I probably can be a little bit clear. But for example, my husband just broke his ankle. So he's completely immobile. 
And so my workload around the house has, has doubled. So some of that is just unavoidable, you know. Um, but yes, I, I do think that they uh, want to see me spend this time. It's just that you're right. They are used to having me there when they need me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, on one hand, I feel a little bit bad if I can't be there. But on the other hand, I really, really want to um, respect my time and, and do what I need, feel like I need to do. So Exactly. And his ankle won't always be broken. So this is yeah. a, a temporary situation. So that part's good. And I'm just thinking of, and I know this is probably a horrible example, but like Samson, he's getting older, he's 11. And yeah. I know that if I'm going to go in on a long call and it may be two hours or something, um, I take him outside, I get him some water, you know, I really make sure he has everything he needs. And then we come in here and I shut the door and he knows, okay, she's not going to let me out, <laughs> right? Unless he has diarrhea or something crazy like that. But there is that sort of process you go into of, okay, now I'm you know, going to be working for a couple hours now. What can I help you with now um, yeah. so that you'll be okay for a couple hours? And it does require more planning on your part. And I'm so sorry about that. That's not fair, but it's <laughs> worth it because then you can feel like you have your own uh, time and space and energy to really devote to this passion project of yours. Yes. Thank you. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. yeah. So be proactive. Um, it's going to be more clear, like you said, than you have been, but it'll be worth it because then they can help support you even more. Now remind me, what is the business, Jamie? So I'm a functional and holistic nutritionist oh. and working with menopausal women. Oh my God. Yes. Please do that. Please get started. <laughs> please get going. I, I'm a postmenopausal woman <laughs> and yeah. I have a nutritionist, a different one. It's Connie. Yeah. I think you know, Connie, but anyway, yeah. um, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big challenge. I was just thinking today, this is so silly and so personal, but I was like, I had a super flat tummy after both of my kids. So uh-huh. my, my little puffy tummy now is not related to having had kids. It's related to hormones and what I'm eating and when I'm not eating, <laughs> right. It's, it's so food related and hormone related. And it's, that's such a, uh, it's a really weird Rubik's cube and I've never, I'm great at puzzles, but Rubik's cubes have always befuddled me. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. So great. And um, I guess one other little advice thing is you have a lot of depth to your, so this is more than mini reading, I guess you have a lot of depth to your energy field. And we've probably talked about that before. So you have a lot of soulful layers that it is, challenging to put those kinds of ideas and strategies into clearly articulate words, whether they are said or clearly written. Um, But it's worth it, Jamie. Okay, so take the time, especially with the work in trying to get as many of those strategies and ideas and insights and remedies right into clearly um, articulate instructions that people can follow. Um, because you have a great way with communication. It's that the challenge is all the depth that you're operating from. Yes, thank you. That that does make a lot of sense. And that's mm-hmm. something I've been struggling a little bit with lately. It's worth the effort. It's worth because it takes more time, right? Yeah. There are some yeah. of us that can say, well, what should I do? And we're just boom, boom, boom. We've got words right there. And those of you that are really, really deep, it's like, I need time. 
I can I get mm -hmm. back to you tomorrow at one <laughs> because you deserve a great answer and I have a great answer for you, but I'm gonna I'm better at giving you my great answer when I have more time to reflect and let it simmer and gather all those layers of me. And then the human language is very unsatisfying for those of us that have very, you know, revolutionary or evolutionary novel ideas. Human language is just like, well, that didn't that didn't begin to cover what I what the idea that I felt inside me. Um, so then another reason to take more time with it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that insight. You, you really shined a light on that particular issue that uh, I hadn't really hadn't really rose to the surface yet. But okay, thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome, Jamie. Great to see you. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye, and good luck with everything. I want to yeah. know when you have something ready to go. You please email me. Like, okay, Jill. Okay. It'll be soon. <laughs> one is ready. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jill. Love you. Love you too. All right, you guys, let's see who's next. I think Anne's hand went up next, so we, I'm fine going in order. Anne, are you able to unmute yourself, sister? Yes. Hi. Hi. Thank you. I was actually wondering when you were going to have a Jill's show, and then it came up in the wow. e email, so. <laughs> Good. It it's very, been a while. Yeah. I have um, a question, but a really also more like a mini reading type deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, so, since taking the updating humanity, um, I think it, I was proceeding, but along those lines, but it kind of, um, it spurred me uh, much further. And I've been dropping certain platforms because I'm looking at them in a different way. And some of them, you know, listening to other people and some of them I have a visceral reaction to like, I can't listen to this guy because he's doing X, Y, and Z. And it's really more about him than it is about the audience. And I mean, I tend to be a person that has loyalty. Um, sometimes it's misplaced. So I'm, I'm doing that and I feel I'm coming out of roles because of my, I had expressed previously, but my mother choosing a place that was three and a half hours away from me. Um, but I'm also finding I'm apathetic and I'm, I'm waking up. I'm, the reason I was asking, I, I know in the previous uh, show today uh, about the prayer thing is I wake up saying, I'm already saying the Hail Mary when I wake up. Mm. I don't know if it's connected just to like my oversoul, you know, or who I am. And, you know, um, I'm not complaining about it. I just didn't know if there was like more info or a grounding, like, um, you know, I'm fine. I feel like if it's benefiting somebody, I'm more than happy, you know, to say the rosary or things along those lines, but I just don't know where to kind of place it or, you know, so that's kind of like where I'm at. Okay. And just for others. So we had a Q and a call earlier today with our premium subscribers and Anne asked a fabulous question. They were all great questions. Actually, they tend to always be great questions, but your question was related to prayer and almost like is, is prayer for the collective consciousness and healing the collective. Is that, is it like, is it useful? Is there a specific way to do it? So I just want to give other people that kind of background. Um, okay, so if I understand your question correctly, we're going to talk about the first part, which is kind of dropping out of groups that, especially as we choose a different operating system slash revise our belief systems, other communities and people that we've been loyal to, it's sort of like, I can't, that doesn't even fit anymore. And then like you said, like a visceral reaction, like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up if I hear this, if I hear this 
it doesn't make sense anymore to me. So there's that question. And then can you, I think I'm missing the question about the, the prayer part. I was just, it, like, is it, it was, part of you? Just a natural Yeah, is it just, part, is it just part of me? And okay. to keep going with it? Um, okay, yep, that's great. Okay, let's do the prayer question first. Is that okay with you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for you, I'm going to open the door for Samson. I apologize. Let me just, <laughs> we just took him on a walk. Hang on. Okay. Samson's okay now. Good boy, Senor. All right. Okay. <laughs> he is okay now. Okay. So the prayer question that some of us are literally wired to have a very broad view of humanity and how it's doing and is there anything we can do to help and not everybody is wired that way you are definitely wired that way and i i didn't always recognize this wiring in myself but now it feels very natural to me to just be like oh i'm sending them love and if there's anything that energetically i could do to help them just let it be done you know what i mean um so your consciousness is aware of like global suffering and global pain and, and those sorts of things. Um, so that's a natural part of you. In terms of the what to do, and you mentioned like doing the rosary, um, saying the rosary or those sorts of things, whatever you feel the most confident in its ability to assist is completely fine. Okay, there isn't one right way to pray necessarily. There's no wrong way to pray necessarily. I feel like the rosary can take a lot longer, <laughs> right? Than an approach like I use, which is basically just, you know, I just, you know, sending um, God's love and God's blessings and source energy, comfort and grace and compassion to anyone who needs it today. And sometimes they get specific, like if my daughter's going back to college, like for all the, for all the, you know, people that are going back to college and just giving them a hug and a lovey. And I hope they have a fabulous year. And then of course I'll say, and for anyone not going back to college today, <laughs> then, and that covers everybody. Right. So I try to make it personal because then it feels more real to me. And I think it further engages um, the source energy that I am, because we're all source energy, we're all creator of origin at layers of ourselves, um, we'll never have a way of really validating or the proof that some of us desire in terms of did it make a difference? Did it help? I don't know, but that isn't why I do it, right? I hope it makes a difference. And I recognize that it's beyond the ability to prove whether it worked or not. It feels good when I do it. I hope it makes a difference. Um, and I do feel like on some level of myself, it, on some level of myself, I, I just, I think maybe it's just faith. I recognize, of course it makes a difference it, and it definitely can't hurt. Um, so does that answer your, does that further address the prayer question, Anne? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because it's, it, it's so much a part of me. Yeah. You know, that's beautiful. Like, you know, so that's why I was asking like, okay. I mean, it's not that everything has to have a benefit, but like, I didn't know, like if directing it in a certain aspect, or, yeah. I mean, I mean there I are only 24 hours in the day. So I don't want to be doing something for an hour that doesn't have benefit or could be done in five minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah no, that was helpful. Thank you. And you're probably doing that. You're probably radiating like well wishes. I want to say, or well-being for everybody, even in just your being here as I am it's probably just a layer of your operating system. And that way you don't even consciously, you know, need to like say a prayer or do the prayer. It's just always running in you. 
Um, so that may make it uh, less time consuming and more effective as well. Okay. Okay. Yes. Nice. Okay. Now related to the dropping out of groups, and I was actually wondering if this was going to happen for you, because I knew that you were, I knew from our previous interactions that you are very connected and some very, um, you know, well-defined kind of groups and communities of spirituality and consciousness. And I wondered, I was like, I wonder if Anne's going to eventually just be like, I don't want to be there anymore. And the reason I wondered is because it happens so often with people that I work with. And it's not my intention to peel anyone away and be like, oh yeah, don't, you know, don't go to the ra- that restaurant anymore. It's not like that. It's just that when, when you recognize what our source energy can be and can feel like in ourselves, a lot of the overcomplicated nature of some of that some teachers protocols and belief systems becomes just unuseful, irrelevant, and in some ways just silly. And like you said, it becomes repulsive. Um, I have clients that have told me so many times, like I used to subscribe to 20 newsletters of different spiritual teachers, and now I only get yours, or I get one, you know, I dropped it down to two or three um, I just can't do it anymore is a statement I hear quite often. And there's, <laughs> there's one good friend, Stephen, and he said, he sent me one, a very popular person that's been around forever. She's, you know, went on Oprah and all that stuff. And he's like, you got to see what this, what she's saying right now about what's going on with, and I think it was last fall. <clears throat> and I started to read it. I can't, I can't even read it. I was just like, oh my God, it's just, it's so sad. It's so you know, like, yeah, we're almost there. It's almost over. And I'm like, that's not true. We're not almost there. There is no there. We are where we are. And there isn't a coordinated, you know, destination for where humanity gets or is going. So I just, I get annoyed that she has such an amazing opportunity to share actually helpful, useful insights. And she sees it differently. And that's, that's her opportunity. It's just, is I just think it's a huge, sad, wasted opportunity, but it is what it is. And people are getting comfort from it or they wouldn't be subscribing. But I think a lot of them don't know, they don't know there's something different slash better. So when Steven sent it to me, he's just like, I can't not subscribe because I'm always curious because our audience is so freaking huge. Um, one of the biggest, literally in spirituality. And it's so off, Jill. I'm like, I know, I, can't, I couldn't even read the whole thing, Stephen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't even read the whole thing. Anyway, so um, it's hard for a lot of for a lot of folks that have become these. Some of these spiritual communities have been a replacement for family for some people. For some individuals, that's the first time they ever felt a sense of loving community, and, and maybe they already had a good family, but it feels like an extension of cosmic family in a way. And then the idea that, wow, I don't see things the way that this group sees things anymore, or I'm questioning the teacher's belief system. And I don't, I I mean, there's, there's a better approach to what he or she is talking about. And it's just like what that loyalty thing does come in, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's like you, you don't want them to fail, right? But part of being in someone's audience to me isn't, you need me to succeed, right? And that's where it's like, if I leave, then maybe I'm not, maybe they, maybe they needed my support, right? Maybe they needed me to be there. 
Um, and there are definitely benefits to any teacher or any public figure in the support of their audience, that for sure, of course, they're benefited by that. Mm -hmm. But there is an authenticity and an integrity issue to consider here, right? Yeah. I, if I am going to a restaurant and that used to be my favorite food, but now I, now it's, I realize it's all carbs and carbs are not my friend and I can't eat, I can't eat at the sourdough bread place anymore. You know, I don't want to go and buy a, a, a water just to make sure they stay in business because there's just a part of me that's like, that's not me anymore. I'm not the sourdough bread girl anymore, but right. I hope they do well. And I hope there's more than enough people that want a sourdough sandwich and they'll go and, and get it and love it. And it'll be great. But that's not me anymore. My dollars and my time um, and what I eat matters in a different way to me now. So I'm not going to eat there anymore. Um, so I guess it was kind of a silly example, but in a way, I think it was useful because we tend to look at spiritual connections in a way that we can't stop shopping there anymore. That it's more than bread. It's like, no, we have a soulful connection. And some spiritual teachers make it feel like you can't leave. It's, and that's kind of what cults do. Like you need right. me um, and it's codependency. It's you're nothing without me. How are you gonna get your spiritual wisdom if it's not from my spiritual connection? is really, really unfortunate because it prevents people from treating it like where they're getting a sandwich or if they're eating a sandwich. And it should be like that because beliefs and religion and spirituality, it's, it is something you're offering to try to, you know, meet the person's need or help them along or, you know, whatever. Do you like this? Do you want this? And if somebody doesn't like it and doesn't want it, there could be a lot of actually these um, 20th century spirituality teachers that have a waning audience that are only there because they don't want the person to see that they unsubscribed. It's like, I don't want them to see my name as an unsubscribe because then, then what will happen? Will it hurt their feelings? Will they, you know, will they come, will they be mad at me? You know, I was there for them for so many years and maybe even close to them. What does that mean? And it's just, there's so many layers wrapped up in this. Anne, are you connecting so far with what we're talking about? Yes, I am. I, I think one of the things that, because I'm looking at it with different lenses now, okay. I think one of the things I, I find is, is the shame-based nature of it mm. for, for some of the, you know, and I think, you know, at the time where I connected and for some of them, it had been years. Um, I think that's what I needed at that time you know, like someone, you know, like get yourself together, blah, blah, blah. But it, the shame-based nature just really keeps you outside of yourself, even though they mention you are source and stuff like that. But they're telling you all this stuff that it's not responding to you as if you're source, you know what I mean? And it's, so that was like the stuff I feel repulsive. But I also find like, as I dropped out and disconnected, I find myself being very apathetic about things. So I just don't know if it's a phase and <laughs> you just kind of sit with it, you know, cause things will reroute. And I know, you know, um, we're living in very hard times mm -hmm. and it's not like I, you know, I do feel, I go centered, you know, I have various practices, you know, daily practices, you know, so I feel like I can go centered and I, I do use, you know, the prayer, but, um, you know, it's just, I don't know where this, like, I like food doesn't even interest me now, you mm -hmm. know, so it's that kind of thing. And I'm just like, oh, this is really different. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's, yeah. Those are, thank you for raising those additional topics, those additional points, because they're so important. Some of those communities, some of the other, some spiritual communities, they are captivating and they create a sense of, it's almost like false hope of, oh, well, we're on the verge of a grand awakening, like this catastrophe or this global pandemic is, is the beginning of the end of pain and suffering. So it keeps you in there. Um, and it makes you feel even more alive because you know something that those are the, that the rest of the humanity doesn't know. So there's a lot of um, captivating, oh, I'm in, I'm in a special group and, and why would I want to leave when I wouldn't know this if I weren't here and I wouldn't hear the updates and all those things. So there, I totally acknowledge that there is a, a sense of realness once you leave those, I want to call them thought bubbles is that, oh, like things are not great in the world and, and it may not be getting better and holy crap, in some ways it looks like it might be getting worse. How much worse can it get? You know what I mean? So that apathy is a, is a big adjustment for some folks that have been in that false bubble of everything's about to get better. We're always moving towards evolution. Humanity is always moving in an upward cycle or, or we're in a cycle of the Aquarian age and there's all these, you know, uh, you know, beliefs that are uh, propagated and, you know, ingrained over and over and over again of trying to instill this worldview that doesn't match reality. So once you take off those lenses, it's like, holy crap. I mean, like, whoa, it's rough out here. So the apathy can be transitional and it can just be a matter of, okay, so yeah, shit's going down in Kabul, but how are things in my town, right? And that doesn't mean we don't care about the Afghanis or anything like that, but it's like, you know, I'm doing what I can to energy, energetically support them, but they're also not me and I am also not them. So I'll do what I can, but I'm also maybe even for their benefit going to appreciate what isn't going to hell in a handbasket in my town and in my area. And I know that sounds selfish to those that have been in those thought bubbles, but here's my rationale for it. If I'm, when I had shingles on the left side of my face, gosh, it was like five years ago now, I wasn't, if my family had been like, mom has shingles or my wife has shingles. She's really, she's really in pain right now. Let's all pretend we're in pain. Let's all be sad about this. It would have made it even worse. So my temperament is if I'm suffering, I don't want others to have to suffer empathically with me. I'm actually appreciative that it's only me <laughs> that's going through the shit and that no one else is, right? So there's a realness to it's actually like a saving grace of, oh, at least Georgia doesn't have this. At least V doesn't have this. At least Jeff doesn't have this. It, it helps me kind of, you know, deal with whatever I'm dealing with and know that nobody else is um, that I love and care about. So there is this weird kind of uh, opportunity for us to distinguish between ourselves and others. Um, and that that to me is how I would be if I were, you know, in Afghanistan and in Kabul and all the stuff, I would be like, oh, thank God, not all of the world is going through this, but I got to get myself through this. So with the, with the transitioning out of those communities, there can be apathy, there can be realism, and there can be an additional range of, of grateful appreciation for what is beautiful in the world, 
what is loving in the world, the love in your own heart, and how that, that may not fix reality, that may not fix the planet, that may not heal humanity, but it is your soulful opportunity to be its Anne in this world right now. And that's huge. I mean, to me, and that's why you're here, is that your soulfulness knew that, wow, there's a lot going on at that, and on earth at that time. I'm going to make an and so that I can be this loving, caring, wise, compassionate being. So maybe it'll help at least someone, maybe it, or at least it'll feel good to me that I can still be loving and caring, even if the world isn't in a perfect place. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. Yeah. That's very helpful. Yeah. So that in a way, the apathy is, I think, in some ways, even though it doesn't feel like it, it's kind of a good sign of that you're out of the false, the falseness bubble of everything's about to get great. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. Or, or some of the falseness bubble, too, was somebody else was going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a double edged sword with knowing that it's up to me. And like, I'll stop myself if I go down a certain path and say, no. I'm source. I get to decide what do I want to do. I want to put my energy in this. So there's a lot of things I now like, do I want to put my energy here? Is it worth having a reaction? Is it going to be beneficial to me? Is it going to be beneficial to other people? Right. Like family situations, sister, yeah. my mother, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, I'm better in that way, but I think with dropping some of the other stuff, it was, there's a responsibility that also comes with knowing that you're source. You know what I mean? I mean, knowing that I can do anything I want to do and I can just be, and I really try hard to just be and not focus so much on doing or doing through being. But then there's part of me, that little voice. And I know we've talked about it and you've talked about it in various things. Is that going to be enough? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is that going to be enough? (laughs) You know what I mean? Given the situation of the world. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I guess another strategy you could try is not asking your, yourself the question of, is it going to be enough because it's unanswerable number one. And then it's also kind of debates the question enough for what, I mean, what, when one realizes that earth and humanity are a sea of individual creators, most of whom are creating thoughtlessly, and without conscious conscious creation and what they are creating. Um, it's almost like a, like a ship without a captain in so many ways that it's like, how could that steer in the right direction? And maybe it isn't going to steer in the right direction. And, and maybe it was, maybe that was never the plan. So then the question of, is it enough for what? Because the opportunity still in this reality is for everyone to experience, you know, to have experiences and experience space time and experience their source energy in a container or humanness that doesn't even know, you know, really what it is. Um, so that, that, that system is already set, whether we are here as our, uh, you know, source energy, love and compassion and uh, trying to assist and trying to be our, as our authentic selves. Um, that goes, that system is going on, whether we're doing anything or not. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, this is helpful. (sighs) Okay. And then how are you doing with the whole loyalty part? Did we help with that or is it still there? 
No, I, I think you helped with that. You know, I think you helped with that. I mean, you know, and there's, I'm, you know, with this whole thing, you know, I'm also questioning what some of my daily practices were and mm. do I really need to do this in this way? Or, you know, can I try to do it this way? You know mm. what I mean? Those kind of things and see what happens, you know? Um, so yeah, the, no, you did. I mean, I'm okay dropping the people. It was just that it, it kind of, as you said, the false bubble, it, yeah. it, it leaves you you know, still thinking like in terms of, okay, well, I know I can't be the, this part anymore, but, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at things with more fun. Like, what do I want to do? That's fun. You know, instead of like the serious mode with all this, you know, so. And I'm so happy to hear you say that because that is, that to me is a, I, I started recognizing this, um, I don't know how many years ago, that so many individuals had, had started, well, at some point they'd made their spirituality a job. And most of us at our jobs are, you know, we're serious and we're dedicated. Well, the, a group like this wants to do the right thing. We're not, you know, goofing off. Um, and if spirituality becomes your job versus what we do in 21st century enlightenment and what you, what you heard in the Updating Humanity workshop is, we have all of us in our human containers have an opportunity to be our source energy. And that opportunity can be whatever an individual, you know, knows that they have capability for or just stumbles into, right? And again, most of it ends up being thoughtless creation for most humans. So there's this wide range of and that if, I mean, I like to have fun. I like to watch silly movies that have, you know, no specific big moral, you know, meaning or, you know, it's just, I, I just, I like to enjoy my Jill and I get to decide how I use that free time. And I do have free time, but with the spiritual addiction is what I want to call it. There's so many individuals that they try to make everything into some spiritual waking humanity kind of pursuit. And I just, it's their choice, right? But I just feel like it's so, um, there's just so many other ways that they could be, if you will, serving their source energy that's much less heavy, not much less burdensome. Right. It allows right. for play and lightheartedness and just, you know, taking my dog on a walk for no, I'm not doing it so that I can smile at people. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm doing it because I need to the exercise and so does Sam. And hey, there's going to be some nature and I'll just, I'm not trying to make it into something grand, but it, but right. it can be beautiful and special, but it doesn't have to be. Right. right. It takes the pressure off. Right. Now, this is very helpful. I mean, thank you for talking it through with me. You're welcome. And big hugs to you because it, um, I, I know how literally addicting, uh, those spiritual communities can be. And I do want to offer an edit. I don't feel like you dropped anybody. You mm -hmm. let them be with their being. And you said, I'm going to go try some other things now. Thank you for everything. I hope it goes well. And I hope people continue to get supported, but now I know of something else and I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm experimenting with my light, my source ways in this um, in this other operating system. Does that make sense? Yes. Then it feels so. less uh, like you're abandoning someone. And I will just add that there are spiritual teachers that they fester that codependency. They create a sense of loyalty 
of, you know, this whole language of we're the first wave and, you know, we, you know, we're special and we're different. It kind of makes it feel like you can't leave. Right. And then the spiritual teacher becomes the structure of all of that, where it's almost like people don't literally like, and it's the same as religions, right? Well, you can't walk out on Jesus. You can't walk out on Abraham. You can't walk out on Muhammad or you're really screwed. Then you're really on your own. Right. Um, right. and spiritual teachers, I, I don't know if they, I think some do it knowingly and I think some do it unknowingly because they really do think that without them, then these people really are screwed. And that's, that's so sad. Um, and just, sorry, we're taking so much time on this. I just love your questions so much. The other thing that I want to touch on and, uh, compliment you on is this notion of, um, hang on, I just lost it. I'm going to go get it again. Um, Oh, Jill, where is it? You made a very important point in your question of, I may not remember it, but it was so good and I had it. Now I just lost it. Hang on, just give me a moment, I apologize. Yeah, I don't have it. (laughs) I don't have it. Um, Anyway, there was a lot of good points there. And I think when people re-listen, when they hear it in the replay, they'll, they'll probably have their own epiphany of, oh, and then she, and then when you pointed out this, that that's hard to walk away from too. But um, it's, it's really, it's a very sticky situation and unpeeling ourselves from that can be very problematic and hard, but so worth it because in some ways we lose ourselves in these false belief systems and it becomes our full identity. Right. right. So now you as Anne get to decide how you have fun and, and what you do and, and are you, you know, is there something silly and playful you did today for no specific reason of healing humanity, right? And let yourself have that joy and that, that liberty and that the choice, right? Right. Yeah, it's big. I see Jamie commenting to you in here in the chat room, and I just want to add it to this part of the conversation since in the replay, they won't have this. Okay. So Jamie says, and I have been doing the same thing since updating humanity. Okay. And then Jamie said, thank you, Jill, for the fresh perspective of dealing with adversity slash tragic events that are happening in the world that helps keep things more in healthy balance. And then Diane was saying in reference to what we're talking about, Anne, uh, such an awesome message. I'm finding my spirituality is more integrated and less extraneous to my life, the life that was given to me to live and enjoy. And Kathy said, yes, please. And I, I just for a moment there remembered what I was going to say and I forgot it again. That's so silly. I apologize. Um, let me look back at the it's more integrated. Oh, I found it. Okay, good. The inconsistency. You are so right, Anne, that, that they say things like, yeah, you're source energy, but then they don't, they don't treat you like it. They don't act like it. There are so many spiritual teachers and I don't follow the teachers, right? But I come across the, the practitioners of these teachings and they say, well, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're source energy, but what am I here to work on? And I'm like, you just said you were source energy. And now you're saying it's like you're acting like you're not yet source energy because you have things to work on. So which is it, right? So there are, when you really, when one lets themselves step back from this ideology and really start to question it and start to recognize the inconsistencies and even the hypocrisy, it's like, oh, they're saying we're source energy, but wow, they're really acting like 
their source energy and they're close to source energy, but the rest of us aren't yet. So we need that teacher in order to feel as close to our source energy as possible. And if that's, that's the epitome of codependency. Right. Right. No, thank you. This has been very helpful. It's really big. So big hugs to you. I hope you have further enjoyment of sunrises and sunsets and things that make you laugh and things that make you giggle and things that make you happy that you have your Anne, right? That's personal to you and what makes you feel alive. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Thank you. You're so welcome. Big, good, good job, sister. And big hugs too. All right, you guys, I see Kathy's hand up. I'm coming over. Kathy, are you able to unmute yourself? I think I'm unmuted. You did. How are you? I'm, I'm in a really um, um, great place. It's very uh, much um, hmm, just, just hummy, that's all. Um, but what I was going to say, I would like a mini reading, and um, there's been some things that have resolved in the last week of, of um, energetically knowing this feeling of, you know, I call it uh, pebble in my shoe, um, where, you know, as Diane said, it's, it's integrated and less extraneous, and I just enjoy life until a pebble starts getting my attention in my shoes that fit great. Um, so um, a lot of these things were spot on for me, which usually is what happens when you show up and chill show. And um, so just the mini reading would be great. Very good. Okay. Oh, Kathy, by the way, I just want to say I love your way with words. <laughs> I just, there's such a poetic, uh, soft, welcoming, loving, um, embracing way about the way that you speak and the way that you use words. And I just wanted to compliment you on that. Thank you. So a mini reading, Kathy, let's, let me go deeper here. <sighs> You've done such a beautiful job recognizing that that you can't be off track because your track to continue your metaphor of the shoes are wherever your feet are. That the track is what you create by the choices that you make and the places in which you stand and you let yourself occupy and you let yourself occupy with a fullness of you that is transcendental, that is beyond your knowing, beyond your education, beyond teachings and further um, unveiling a sense of you that is so alive and well, that is even beyond your Kathy, that is even beyond your human experiences, that is capable of, of offering this world something that's never been here before, whether that is a version of love that's never been here before, or a, a level of comfort and grace and ease that no human has ever embodied before. That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of path that is available to us always in our human experiences. But so few know this. So few accept this because it is unclear. There is no one right next step. There is no uh, sacred path that you're supposed to get to or be on or try and stay on. 
Your path is wherever you are. Your path is your life. The path, this idealized notion of a path is causing so many problems for so many people. So the fact that you as Kathy allow yourself to, to not only uh, be aware of this, but to live it so, uh, so um, naturally, so with, you know, so gratefully and so graciously, it's not with forced effort, it's not with trying, it's not with protocols, it's not with rules, it's not with, now I do, it's not a sequence of formulaic steps you're following, it's organic, it's very much from the inside out for you, and it's so beautiful. I want to use the word heavenly, but I don't want to perpetuate these ideas that heaven is a, some version of a cloud in the sky. Heaven is here on earth if we allow ourselves to have it. And sadly, hell is also an opportunity to, to live on earth. And that's just sad. So your natural beingness as Kathy and this, this era of Kathy is, we just love witnessing how naturally you allow your transcendent soulful layers to be a part of you no matter what you're doing, no matter whom you're with, and no matter where you are, it's perfect. Hmm. Oh, thank you. So Kathy, I have a question for you. How, okay. how surreal is it for you knowing that you've been a part of soulfulness for so, for so long, for so many years? And in the last 18 months, there's been so many people that had thought of themselves and had showed up soulfully. And yet all of a sudden, because of mask mandates and vaccine requirements and health scares related to COVID, et cetera, their whole soulfulness feels like it was, you know, thrown in the attic for a while. <laughs> How surreal is it for you to be embodying the soulfulness so naturally and without as much effort, even during a time when other people are completely off of it? I guess what comes up, um, what came up was the 3D glasses. <laughs> um, you know, you go to a show and, and if you don't wear the 3D glasses, you don't see. So it's like, uh, you know, I feel like I um, am, have gratitude for being able to see the world through these 3D glasses, or as my kids said, I was OCD on these readers, because I had readers, I had, you know, like the dollar readers all over the place. And so I grabbed them all. I said, wow, I'm OCD on, on readers. I have all these lenses. This is so cool. So I went around the house and got them all and put them on the table and put a little frame around them and took a picture. And I said, this is really cool. I like this. So it's kind of like that. So I can look through a lens um, the way I navigate, like I said, was, and I love your, your thing about the shoes. That was helpful. That's fun. Thank you, Jill. Um, is because that's the way I have, talked about it for for myself for a long time is that you know I go through um you know as Diane said you know it's more integrated and less extraneous it's just you know you go through life and then things come up and that's when it there's this dis dissonance um you know, everything is you know moving along the way life does and you're you know floating along down in, in your in your raft or your inner tube down the road and then all of a sudden you come to some rapids or something and that's the pebble in my shoe and then that gets my attention and I 
go inward and, you know, see. And that's what I said. I just was in this setting, um, felt this not wanting. I signed up for a retreat and then it's just like, oh, the desire was there and then, then it's not there. And then I have a autoimmune thing that I'm working with, with Connie. <laughs> and, um, and so I got my lab results back and everything. And then I realized that the reason I have this dissonance is, is the, the evolution of what I need to do for my autoimmune is not going to, um, you know, uh, match up with this retreat I wanted to go to. It's going to be, you know, counterproductive in what I'm doing and then go there and I could, you know, mess it up because it has to do with, you know, uh, your internal flora and fauna. So um, your microbiome. So if I go to, go to Mexico on a retreat, um, not only would I be, because it's an all-inclusive, I would be eating corn and, and dairy and then have a possibility of, of water issues if I don't, you know, you can get the crud just going down there drinking the water. So I, I you know, those were all the things and that it just all came together this last week before, you know, the Jill show. So, mm-hmm. and then in this one today, it was like boundaries and integration and, and groups. Um, that's the other thing that the group thing, you know, like um, Jamie said, you know, yeah, this after doing humanity, because I did the humanity update too, mm-hmm. um, that, that I had this feeling of not necessarily believing, you know, having a, a belief system thing with the group, but it's more of, I need a break. I need to take a break. And so that's what I'm giving myself. I'm giving myself a break from the group, a break from the, the trip. And then I can focus on, on my autoimmune and really support my body. And I think that's what the dissonance was all about. Wow. Oh my gosh, the self-awareness there. And how's it going so far? Is your autoimmune issue even, is it getting better? Yeah, well, my, you know, just to- Numbers. You know, I had these antibodies for my thyroid that last year were 45,000 and they're supposed to be 69 or less. Mm-hmm. And this year, and I had my T numbers were all great, if that means anything to anybody, but it does to me. Okay. And, and, um, and this year it was in half, it's 2000 and my T numbers are still great. So that means my body is dealing with this, even though the thyroid is got some issues. So mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of things and Connie's just been so great. So. Oh, I'm so glad. And I really applaud your decision. That was probably, I can sense that that was a, that was a hard decision in terms of not going on the retreat that you had been excited about. Um, but there'll be time for that, right? There'll be time for those types of things later on. And um, I've, I, I do want to offer a little word of encouragement for anyone that, that is uh, being, let's say, diligent about their eating. I was eating diligently and it was uh, keto slash paleo slash whole 30. It was some hybrid of, you know, uh, lower carb, um, higher fat content, but mainly just unprocessed real foods. And I went on the all inclusive to a quite nice resort in, um, where did Jeff and I go? I think it, oh, it was, um, oh my gosh. It was a secrets resort uh, between uh the Riviera, the Mexican Riviera, north of Tulum, north of Acamal, but near Acamal, where we like to go. <clears throat> and I did okay. I did have a little bit of champagne now and then, which wasn't on my plan, but I kept it together. And the all-inclusive actually made it easier 
because I knew by then, okay, that, you know, that's definitely, that definitely has gluten in it, or that definitely has that in it. And then, but the, the wide variety, especially, um, especially in maybe not in Cabo, but on the, on the Yucatan side, there's so many fresh fruits and things like that. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was very doable. So when it's, when it's right, the right time, Kathy, the all-inclusive could be a big thumbs up for you. Fresh fish, right? Oh, yum. Well, this all-inclusive was more all-inclusive and this is what we have to eat. And oh, <laughs> that kind. You're eating this today. Cheese and, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You made the right choice then. It's not the, it was the, I'm going to tell you what you can eat today version. Yeah, this is, I would need to take some stuff and then that doesn't work too well either. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's perfect and I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Nice. Oh, Kathy, I love what came through for you today. And thank you for asking the questions and raising those topics. I love, I love how this added so much even more. Thank you. Glad you're here. Love you, Jill. Thank love you. you. Bye-bye for now. Yeah, Nicole. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Melissa, I'm coming over. Can you unmute yourself or do you want me to? Oh, you did it. <laughs> I did it. Hi. Hey. So Melissa, do you have a question or do you want to do a mini reading? Uh, I think a mini reading. Okay, let's do that. <sighs> okay. Hmm. Oh, Melissa. The first thing I'm feeling is that there, I feel that part of you that um, has such high standards for yourself and that can be, those layers could be so hard on you. And it can be so hard to feel like you are as expanded as you are and that you're as wise as you are and intuitive as you are and intelligent as you are and as loving as you are because of those layers of it's not good enough or we should be doing better. First of all, does that resonate with you? Yes. Because <laughs> what it then leads to is you not trusting yourself and you have so many reasons to trust yourself. Yeah. So many reasons. And I, I guess I'm just kind of ex uh, one, hoping that you can accept that there's a part of you that will never feel like you are trustworthy or that, um, that like your answers are in your, your impressions of what to do next are the right impressions of what to do next. So that, that judgy part of you, the self-judging part may always be there. So yeah. that I'm just really encouraging you as a friend, as a sister, is that adding another layer of or what if my idea of what to do with this complex problem is the, is the best idea ever to try next, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that you're, you're amazing. And I know we've talked about your amazing brain before. You have a very intelligent analytical mind capable of analyzing and overhand overanalyzing, right? Um, yeah. And that's not helping you either in terms of you trusting yourself to be capable of choosing like the next steps for what to do with the child or, or any of those matters, but you've been in amazing hands for so long and they're your own hands your with your own mind and your own opinions and your own insights. You are far more capable at being this amazing Melissa than you'll give yourself credit. And you may never give yourself that credit, Melissa, but I hope you do, or at least have moments of, Hey, like I, that worked like, Hey, I was on the right track there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope you have more moments like that because it, if it's such an amazing feeling 
when you try something out and it works, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're like, hey, that could have gone a whole bunch of different ways, but I'm glad I trusted myself. I'm glad I said that or did that or tried that. And hey, it worked. It had a great benefit for another person or it had the outcome I wanted. Um, and good thing you tried, right? But yeah. you are so trustworthy in so many ways, sister. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay, how is it going in your neck of the woods? Uh, I mean, regarding <laughs> anything, geography, <laughs> fires, smoke. I mean, you could be as generic or as specific as you want to be. I'm thinking about a lot of things when I ask that question, though, because your kids just went back to school, right? I don't have kids. Oh, that's right. This is the other Melissa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's so many Melissas. When I look through my newsletter list, I'm like, is this the Melissa in Northern California? Um, anyway, so how are things going in your neck of the woods, just in general? Um, I mean, I live in Georgia, so okay. it's, you know, I guess everything's a hot topic everywhere. Hmm. You know, masks and, and, yeah. masks and all this stuff. I live with somebody who's very, very opinionated about these things. So mm -hmm. I, um, uh, I don't want to, I have to handle that, okay. but yeah, but I mean, all in all, I think, I feel like I'm handling that kind of stuff. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Now this, this mothering, there's a nurturing way about you. And it's funny that the minute I saw that, I'm like, I was as my Jill thinking, this is that Melissa. And it's not that you're the, you're another Melissa from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing at my silliness. Of, and, you know, anyway, with that, um, but this nurturing way about you, does it feel like you are feeling overly responsible for people that are also adults? Oh, I, oh, that's, you've hit on two of the main, of my main issues or whatever you want to call them. Trusting myself is something I'm working on, like in okay. therapy and all that stuff. And then, yeah, taking responsibility for other people is a constant struggle. It's just, so it's hard. so there. And I just want it. I, I am trying and do try more and more to like, to be conscious of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I do. I take responsibility for my parents, for my husband, mm -hmm. you know, feeling responsible for them. Yep. And is, is it okay if we dig deeper on that one? Yeah. This part of it stems from a sense of, and this is interesting that we talked about the trustworthiness because part of you is actually, I, I think, sacredly confident that if your parents asked you for advice, they would probably be doing better than they are. If your husband said, Melissa, what should I do? <laughs> Things would probably go better than when he's not asking you what you think he should do. So yeah. there is a part of you that feels this quite confident sense of, I have a good idea of what some people should be doing with themselves <laughs> and in this world and choices that should, they should be making. And I wish they would just ask me and then do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that there's that. And then this somewhat contradictory, I don't trust myself because they don't fit together, but yet even I just personally as Jill can relate. So this, this, uh, this idea that yes, there is, there are great insights that you have and amazing advice that you have and amazing knowledge and experience and education that you have as Melissa, that some of these loved ones that you care the most about are not taking advantage of, <laughs> right? Yes. 
Yes. So it's like, okay. And then we could just be, you know, like a stand-up comedy comedian about it. And that's just ridiculous, you know? Right. But yes. then there's the sense of it hurts. It hurts to watch someone struggle. It hurts to feel like you have an answer that may work for them and they don't care or they're indifferent or they're just not interested. It hurts. Yeah. Um, so one strategy I found works really well is I'm not them. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to say as a strategy, but it is a strategy. So um, I feel like all of us that are, and you are a natural healer, a natural problem solver, they're kind of in some ways the same thing. Yes. It's hard for us as natural healers and natural problem solvers to not solve other people's problems, <laughs> <laughs> right? And part of it is selfish. It's like, if you guys would just fix these problems that you have, then I can focus on these other things. Yeah. And you won't have to suffer anymore. So everybody wins, right? Yes. Um, but there's also, and this was the hard part, and you get to decide if you agree with me or not on this. I recognize that for my Jill, there was also an, an uncomfortable arrogance of it. Mm. And I didn't realize it until my oldest sister, I was, it was before I got into my work and I was probably 25 and I she'd been already married twice and really, really hard breakups and, and the whole family just, ah, and I was like, can you please let me interview the next person that you're thinking about dating? <laughs> and it was so perfect because she said, so you think, you know, better for me than me. Mm. And I got to admit, there was a part of me going, yeah, because <laughs> I could have told you, right? It's yes. not going to work. That was not going to work. And anyway, um, but it was also her in another way saying, you, you can't, you may think, you know, what's better for me, but this is my life. Yeah. And it, it isn't the choices that you'd make for me, Jill, right? It isn't, you know, what you'd want for me, but it's not your life, honey, you know? Right. Um, and it was so perfect. And from that, cause I realized she called me out perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I do. There's a part of me as Jill that thinks I know better for these people than they know for themselves. And then there was a part of me going, but I think I do have better ideas for them than they have for themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then it was like, <laughs> so what you didn't get to, you didn't choose to be Kim. You chose to be Jill. Yeah. It's all you got right? You can be your best you. You can offer advice. You can let them know that you love them. And you can say, I'm sorry, that didn't work out when things don't work out, but all you get to be is you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that in a way, it's like, I pulled my energy back into myself because I was all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was calling all those people and checking in on them all the time. Yes, yes, I yes, felt yes. like they were me. Right. And I'm like, how, you know, how am I supposed to feel today? Are you feeling okay today? Cause then I can feel okay today. <laughs> Are you in pain today? Because then I can be sad today that you're suffering. Right. It was so weird. And I thought this is not, it's yeah. not healthy. It's not doing any good. Right. And I, it's really dysfunctional. Yeah. But it was humbling to just step back and go, shit, I can't, you know, make choices for my parents. I can't make choices for my kids, right? And what they eat or don't eat or whatever the issue is. So as a parent, and you feel like a parent to all these people. So I know that's why we're bringing up this metaphor for you. So once I realized, you know what, all I can do is me and yeah. they get to be them. And I, that has to be enough because yeah. it's reality. It was hard. And like yeah. I said, it's humbling, but then I became more aware of the sovereignty and the agency and the authority that each of us have in our lives. 
does this also does it fit in one of the things that I think about sometimes is I will check in on like with his guides and I will ask them and they'll and the so what I get is like a stillness like a there's uh, like they're not they're not jumping up and down. They're not, they're just still. And also they don't care if he checks in with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, they're just up, they're just there, mm-hmm. you know? And he's, I don't think he's, I don't know if he, I don't know. I don't know if he feels anything from them or not, but it just felt like they didn't, they weren't concerned. And I've heard you say that before. You said it's almost Spock-like. Do you remember when you said that? You were like, yeah, it's almost Spock-like the way I don't worry about my kids. Mm-hmm. And that, I heard that. <laughs> I was like, how can I be more Spock-like? <laughs> mm-hmm. It gave me permission to think about things in a different way. I was like, that's great. It's so energizing too. It's much less energetically draining. So I'm so glad you brought this up. Okay. So this again relates to my oldest sister because she just, she's had a lot of life problems. She has a different dad, a birth dad than I do, but she was raised all the time. Uh, my dad adopted her when she was like six months old. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Kim has always been there and Kim is amazing and she's beautiful and she's an artist and she's had a really hard life and it's so sad. Um, but again, that's my assessment, right? To her, it's like, I don't want your life. I like my life better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You got it. It's all yours, you know? Um, but there was a part of me when I first started connecting in this more metaphysical esoteric way, I was so worried about her and I connected with her team. Like you're saying you connected with, uh, your husband's right. Yeah. But his, that's your husband. Um, and I was like, aren't you guys worried? And they were like, No, we're not worried. I'm like, how could you not be worried? And they were like, because your reality allows for all of those choices. It it that we know that that's the that that's the gig, right? I'm like, does so you don't care? And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We never said we didn't care, Mm -hmm. but we're Mm -hmm. not rushing in to try and fix it. Right. That's yes. Because it is what it is. And I'll bring up my little ball here that I like to use. This is all of space time. And yeah. all of us as humans are in here as space time. When we interact with someone's guides, as the term that I think you use, it's the range of their source energy, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you're connecting with, with source energy because it's very, I, I like it because to me, it's the right level. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there can be people that are like, no, you got to get in there. And her yeah. guides are in here terrified and worried and afraid and overly controlling and all that stuff. So that range of, of her was saying, you can love someone without feeling responsible for fixing it. Yeah. And I'm a major, I'm a healer, right? You are too. We're major fixers. And we're like, well, I basically said, well, don't show me any problems I can't fix. (laughs) And they were like, then you're going to have to go live in a cave (laughs) to pretend that you don't see what you see. And that's not going to work either because it is what it is. Um, But I said, I need you guys to show me how to love her and let her make her own choices and not worry about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took some, so what I did, what they helped me do is decouple love and worry that yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't have to worry because I loved her. 
but for any of us that are healers, nurturers, and or parents, and or parents to our parents, right? We just feel like parents to everybody, that that's a hard thing because we're like, no, I love them. So it's my job to worry. And our source energy is over there going, or not, you can take those two apart and it takes some undoing, but it's so worth it. Yes. I totally agree with your sensation of your husband's team or how yourself or spirit guides is they're like, it's good. Your reality allows for completely ignoring that there's even this other range (laughs) of self, right? Yes. Atheists in here just going, we're going to die. We're going to croak. It's going to be over. And their first (laughs) energy is like, or you're omnipresent. Yeah. Created a you to be in this lifetime who is apparently pretending that he's an atheist and that's okay. That's allowed. That's all right. Right. We don't need to fix that either. Um, so that quietness of your husband's team feels so real. So then it's a matter of what you are concerned about for him. His team isn't concerned about. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, okay, could he be doing better? We can all be doing better. (laughs) We can all be doing better. Um, and then it's just a matter of, and to me, this was my choice anyway. Now I can love my sister for exactly what she is. That doesn't mean I endorse her decisions. I, that's not my job anyway. I were a little sister after all, right? Yeah. Um, so your husband is your husband and he, he gets to operate himself with his own operating system and his own beliefs and his own awareness and his own, you know, reflections or lack thereof. And that's what you get. And the ability to love that, even though there could be improvement, even though you could offer some advice, even though there's some, you know, tweaks to make. That to me is the purest version of source energy that says, you know what? It isn't perfect. I love you anyway. Yes. Yeah. And the problem solver is still there. Right? But if you want me to help with something, I got a list. <laughs> still got a list for everybody, but I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to love you as exactly as you are. Yeah. How does that feel, Melissa? Uh, it feels true. Yeah. Do you feel closer when you think about your husband right now that there's not this, this improvement project? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I I think, um, whenever I have a reading, I always think, okay, well, you'll re-listen to this and then you'll get it on more layers. So I'm hearing what you're saying. And I also, I know that I'm nervous, so I'm absorbing only so much. And so tomorrow or whenever I'll, I'll hear it again. That's good. You're yeah. doing fabulous. Can I ask, and you don't have to answer me, but is part of your, I don't want to say concern, but is part of your, well, I guess it is a concern with your husband that he isn't as consciously awakened as you are. There may be something in there about it. I don't want to like completely knee jerk and say, no. Um, I think that there may be a layer in there that I'm not like completely aware of or maybe okay. honest with about, I don't know. I'm Cause that, that's a common thing, right. In our, yeah. in our kind of space of metaphysical and esoteric and healing and that kind of thing is that this notion that everybody needs to be aware of that they have a team and that they're eternal and that they're soulful and they need to be, you know, in this way. Yeah. Um, and once I realized that, 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 that isn't my truth. That isn't how I now recognize things. It, wow. It gave me, it was just like, what a relief, what a relief that everybody is their source energy, whether they know it or not, 
that everybody, that nobody needs to ascend. And actually at the sofa layers, they were never not ascended. Yes. Right. It's like, oh, that's great. So either, you know, Christians worried about is my, you know, husband saved? Did he really, you know, welcome Jesus into his heart? Um, or in more consciousness communities, you know, did they ascend? Are they going to ascend? What's going to happen to them in the afterlife? Are they going to have to come back and do things over again? There's all these worries about are we doing enough in this life so that whatever good mm-hmm. thing happens in death? So this idea that, that I was shown, again, it's all just, every, all of us are just operating from hypotheses because nobody can prove any of this. But when I was shown this idea that actually since the soulful layers of all of us has perpetually ascended and never wasn't ascended, yes. then that soulful layer is not reliant on any human to have an awakening or become conscious or become spiritual. It doesn't need it to do that. Yes. And I was like, so what does it need it to do? And it was like, whatever it wants to do. And I'm just like, whoa, that's wow. <laughs> and then I look at it like, what the heck am I working so hard then? <laughs> I think I don't want, I don't want to take it too serious, but I do. I think the thing that I worry about, I, con- I actually consciously have worried about this and have tried to talk to myself about it is the afterlife and figuring, having him do what, I've heard you say many times and have, you know, and, and sort of hopefully will do myself when I do pass Mm -hmm. is the whole, like, go, go into yourself, think of something happy, you know, like I want him to get out of space time. And so that does worry me. Like I do feel like, but I mean, is it really something that I should spend my time worrying about, you know, or anybody else, you know, I mean, I think that about my parents too. I think before they pass, like if they're on their deathbed, I want to tell them this. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy because it's out of love, right? We're excited. Okay. So here's the thing. And this is so there's, I tried to say it different ways and clearly I'm not communicating it clearly, but maybe this time I will. Whether your husband, right, this is your husband in space time in his bodysuit, whether yeah. he dies and reincarnates again from within space time or not, yes. is not a problem. <laughs> because but I felt it was a problem myself. I mean, I I did I came here from the recycle bin. I know I did, okay. quote unquote, recycle bin. Like I know. So I'm just like, but it, and it was so shitty. I know that. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have chosen all these things. Know. You know what I'm saying? I so totally so I have this feeling of like, oh, I don't want you to have to come back just because you don't know this way to get out. I have a strong opinion too. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, it's so true. And it's, it's that the words that you said were, were something like in the afterlife so that he can get out of space time. That range of him that's beyond space-time never was stuck in space-time. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, so there isn't, you know, then it's like, it's all cool. But I totally hear you that to me, one of, and now that I really think this whole ideology through and this hypothesis, it, it, it does explain so much. Because there's so many individuals that are dying and going through an afterlife process where they reincarnate because they're, they're basically instructed in the afterlife window that they need to, that that's what, that's what you do. Right. Right. And I'm like, so then we have all these people incarnating, like you said, and I've used that term before from these recycle bin. Yes. Not conscious, not carefully choosing parents, right. Not carefully choosing various things. 
And it's like, well, Jesus, I mean, what a, what a mess we, so many of us set ourselves up for. And that is unnecessary pain and suffering in a world that's already hard and unsafe. Right. So my, when I bring that out to its logical conclusion, I get excited about a, a scene and setting where there are far more consciously planned incarnations. And my guess is that would lead to far less people on the planet, less resources being you know, consumed and needed and utilized. And it would be a very different reality if we didn't have so many people incarnated that didn't want to be, don't want to be, and don't want to come back here. Yes. So, so my hypothesis is what if we can instead tell our parents that aren't involved in any of this kind of stuff, just remember when you die, you never have to come back here again. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. That could be the first step because it's the instructions of, well, let's do your life review and see if you have to go back. That's mm -hmm. the, from what I gather, that's the start of the cycle. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like in the mall with the, you know, perfume lady, you know, mm -hmm. do you want a perfume sample? And she's kind of asking, but she's kind of ready to get you, you know? Yes. So yeah. there is, it's like, yes, it's a question. I, you know, should we do your life review and your carnado? It's kind of like a, they're already got you by the, the energetic arm and leading yes. you. And it's like, you're lost. You don't know where the hell you are or what the hell you are. <laughs> you're like, my body suits somewhere else. I don't know what's going on. This person is here to help me. There's a lack of choices. So it's possible that by just planting the seed of just remember, you never have to incarnate again, that, yes. that version of their consciousness that, that is what transcends into the afterlife, but still in space time can say, wait, Melissa told me I never needed to incarnate again. I'm going to ask more questions. Mm. It could be that even that starts to stop. Okay. The cycle of, oh yeah, this is apparently what we do. We go into this portion of, we all go through the perfume aisle and get sprayed with something we don't want to get sprayed with. Right. And by a pretty lady or <laughs> handsome man that you don't want to say no to them. Right. You don't want to be mean. Um, so that may start the process. And it could be that, and I do, I, my, I can't prove this, but my sense is that we've tried to fix it in the afterlife so many times is that right next to, you know, there's somebody else saying, actually, you don't have to reincarnate, but mm. they're so good at that system that it's some, it's already, they're disoriented to the point that they don't hear it, don't get it, whatever. So I feel like what we're doing now, I know as my Jill I'm doing now is trying to create a sense of a layer of information here. And I hope it's wisdom, obviously, that can help us be more informed when we're in form of that we are always source energy. We're not closer to God when we die. We're not right. closer to lost loved ones when we die. We are source energy and when our humanness and those are lost loved ones are not waiting for us in the afterlife. They're their source energy and never stopped being their source energy too. They just don't have their bodysuit anymore. Mm -hmm. So all of this, I hope, can help us in the afterlife make very different choices go within our invert in invert on our energy fields and just go, Oh my God, everything I need is here. Right. Yes. And, and then, and then you don't reincarnate again. You just literally invert like a black hole in a way. Yes. Uh, cosmic black hole, you invert on yourself. And I, my sense, and I'll repeat this in Jill's show, just so people have it in the public replay. My sense is that when we invert like that, especially when we don't have the body suit anymore. So after, after life, I.e. in death, 
that by inverting that way, and it's just like, okay, I'm just going to go within my sense of self and think of happy thoughts or whatever gets you into yourself where you feel as whole and complete as possible, that when you invert to a certain degree, there is a sense of like you pop the consciousness Uh that was you in this, in this, in space-time is then restored almost more fully and completely with its range that was always at its source energy layers. And it can feel like coming up for air. It can feel like, oh my God, that was such a trip, like waking up from a dream. And then the source energy is like, whoa, look at you who didn't reincarnate again. Now, if you want to reincarnate again, you can, but let's do it from here. Yes. You didn't do it from there. And by the way, of course, now, you know, you never had to. Good job. (laughs) Right? Yes. So how long would it take for this reality to reset itself with primarily conscious creators versus, you know, recycled in, in yes. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if that's possible, but I think it's worth a try because we've got such a mess here. Um, and again, my line that I always use is it's just not okay that there are souls that are in the afterlife windows being, I think, convinced um, or cajoled into incarnating with abusive parents. These are yes. parents that would not I, I have heard off. so much of what I, I, I love this topic that you talk, that you speak on. This yeah. is just because I, anyway, I don't need to go into it, but yes, that is so true. It makes it's so, so enough. It's yeah. insanity. <laughs> it's insanity. Yeah. But most of us in our humanists are like, but who controls the system of who gets a kid, right? Yeah, so I'm looking at it from a very cosmic layer of there's some there's soulful processes of who says yes to what parents because we pick our parents, we pick our name, we pick our birthplace, and we pick our birth time. So all of that is within the realm of choice. So something is manipulated in this afterlife window where people are like, well, those people really need a baby because they're they've got a lot of problems. <laughs> they wouldn't be allowed to adopt a dog, but right. they're, they're you know convinced in the afterlife to become their child. Right. That's not right. That's not safe. That's not fair. And the the level of consciousness that said yes to that, I'm I I just can't believe it's compromised. It There's no other yeah. way to yeah. <laughs> It's just like, no, there's something messed up about this. So So does that mean that those, that the parents didn't have to arrange that with the child, like the to be child before the parents came in to the, as I, as I understand it, um, any family dynamic, the parents had to say yes to that child and the child had to say yes to that parents. Oh, okay. Parents. The parents did. Um, then it's a matter of at what level of self did they say yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and did they feel coerced? Right. Of, cause it could be that the parents were coerced too. And so I see. some level of themselves of we've got this, we've got this being here that really wants to come into the planet and they really want to be your child. And, and so would that have been before the parents came in? Oh, it can happen at any time. At because, any time. Yeah, because this, even though there, this still is in space time in the bubble, yeah. uh, it's still operating in a, it's still in space time, but it's not as linear of space time. So incarnations from this level can happen at any point in time, right? Yeah. So that conversation with a, a soul that could be somebody's child can happen still in the distortion that happens in space time. So at, could, at any point in someone's life. Okay. I see. Oh, wow. Wow. I know. 
So I'm sick of the, I just love it when people have information, right? If you know my kids are buying a car or whatever, I'm like, okay, did, did you get a, did you have a mechanic look at it? Did you do your homework? Did you, you know, what do you feel about the dealer? Cause if I feel like somebody's shady, I just, I don't want to hear anything else because either they're lying to themselves or they're just lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, they're not trustworthy. And there are so many systems in in you know the human the human dynamic the human operating framework and in space time in general that is ripe for distortion mm-hmm. misinformation delusion um, lack of self awareness ability to lie to oneself and obviously ability to lie to others and all of it make for a very unsafe dangerous place where it's hard to trust each other and sometimes it's even hard to trust ourselves yes. here we are um it's so weird but yeah anyway for anyone that's listening to this and wanting to know more the updating humanity workshop is not available right now but it's a it's a great kind of one-stop shop for a lot of what we've been talking about melissa you took that one right yes i i i've done some of it i haven't done all of it yet it's kind of like my easter bunny basket that Good. I'll take my eggs out. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I love that. That's so funny that you say that. Cause I just uh, went through an Easter basket that was in my oldest child's room when she went off to her sophomore year of college. I'm like, you still have an Easter basket in here. Aww. And she's like, there's still good stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> the Easter bunny did well. That's good, but it's good job. Good job. August. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how is, is that helpful? Melissa, how are you feeling right now? It is. Yeah, it is. I will, again, like I said, I'll review this. Yeah. There's a lot in there. So yeah, there's a lot in there. I know that's what I'm going to tell my parents is just remember you never had to, you never had to be here and you never have to be here again if you don't want to be. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was our last question today. Jamie, thank you, sir. Melissa, thank you. So I said Jamie in here. I'm going to say thank you to her in a minute. Melissa, thank you so much for your question and the topics that came up. This added a lot. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. you. Bye bye. Okay, everybody, I'm going to head over to the chat really quick. Um, Let's see. Jamie complimented Diane on her reflection earlier about such an awesome message. I'm finding my spirituality is more integrated and less extraneous to my life, the life that was given to me to live and enjoy. So beautiful. So Jamie complimented you on that. And then Jamie said, great discussion. Thanks, Anne, for being the catalyst. Good. Uh, Jamie said, awesome work, Kathy. And then Jamie said, thank you, Jill and Melissa. This so resonates with me. Kathy said the reverse of your daughter shrinking (laughs) when we get here, expansive pop. That's true. So some don't know that story. My uh, younger child uh, described being born. She was probably about three or four years old at the time. And she described it as shrinking. She said, you know, when we're, she said, mom, do you remember shrinking or, and I do remember getting it shrinking. And I said, what? And she said, you know, when we're really, really big and we have to get really, really small to, to come here. And then the other daughter said, you mean when we're born? And she said, yeah, when we're born, she was like relieved to have the words. And I said, I don't remember that Georgia. What was it like? She said, that was so weird, but I'm getting bigger. So it's getting better. And she was so tiny at the time. Anyway, so that was a huge aha moment. And I totally agree, Kathy, that the, it's, the re, it's the inverse slash reverse. It's um, in the afterlife uh, realm. And while we're alive, 
to invert on our own energy field so that we feel as much as possible, which is hard in our human body suits, to feel as omnipresent as we are, to feel as much as possible, not through gifts and abilities. This has nothing to do with superhuman powers. It's about a sense of self that includes your incarnated range and the range of you that is beyond your incarnation, beyond all of time and beyond all of space. Boom, right? So that those of us that are doing that in our, in our while we incarnate, while in these bodysuits, are going to have an easier sense of self when we drop our bodysuits because we always knew. We, we already had a sense of self that was beyond our bodysuits. So I'm most worried in a lot of ways about those people that only know themselves as their bodysuit. They only know themselves as their human roles. You know, daughter, son, mother, father, sister, brother, CPA, comedian, you know, whatever. All they know is their roles that are related to this, their present life. Um, it's just like, well, that's, uh, that's once your body drops, then, then it's like, then it's really an identity crisis of, oh my God, what am I? Uh, now I have to get back in the bodysuit because all I know is a sense of self is in a bodysuit. So yes, where's my life review? Just hurry and get on with it. I got to get back in a bodysuit again because that's the only way I feel alive. Whew. Wow. Yeah. Easy sell there. Will these parents do? Yes. Don't even just, yes, they're fine. Anyone will do. <laughs> you know, they can't adopt a dog, right? Do your homework. Look at them. Observe. Uh, Jamie's saying, thank you, Jill, and everyone for your wonderful input. Anna saying, thanks, everyone, for topics, and thanks, Jill, for your wisdom. You're so welcome. I hope it helps. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you for being part of the show. I don't have another one scheduled because I'm working on some other projects um, and longer-term kind of one-on-one -on -one work and group work with individuals that goes uh, like three months at a time, and I'm super excited about those deep dives, deep dives kind of stuff. So anyway, stay tuned for that. I'll I don't know when I'll do another gel show, but if you enjoyed it, I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye-bye for now.